Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Remember, Paul says, I can do everything through him, doesn't even mention people, who gives me strength. But Paul teaches us and writes to the Philippians that their sharing, human sharing, their generous giving was very much appreciated because it was that which met his need. They gave, basically financially through Epaphroditus, to meet his need. Now, how did that happen? How did that need get met? Here it is. It happens through prayer. In this country, there's a premium given to people who can do things without anyone else's help. The problem with that is that God intended for us to do many things together. You have a problem asking others, even God, for help with tasks that need to get done or issues that overwhelm you? Pastor Mark will be showing how even the Apostle Paul needed help at times and wasn't afraid to ask for it. He even mentioned his need and thanked the Philippians for their help. You'll be learning the importance of asking for help and offering your time, talents, and treasures to others for their benefit. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 4 as he begins his message, The Joy of Sharing Ourselves with Others. We encourage you to study God's Word. Just keep your hand up. And you say, well, I, I'm embarrassed because I don't really know where to turn. We have a cheat sheet for you. All through the service, we'll show you where to turn. You can actually turn now to the book of Philippians chapter 4. If there's nobody around you with a Bible, you're going to get bored looking at me. So raise your hand and we'll give you a Bible. Linda and I have been visiting Asia for more than 20 years. And we've discovered... A mindset that's there that I just want to share with you this morning because maybe some of you haven't had a chance to visit. The Asian people are very generous givers of themselves and their possessions, especially when you're a guest visiting them. Linda and I have learned that over the years, so Linda became proactive. Before we left, she went out and bought all these gifts for the people that we were going to be visiting. She bought special gifts for Pastor John and his wife Evelyn at Calvary Chapel, Singapore, where I spoke uh, two weeks ago. And we had some friends from Australia that joined us that weekend there. She bought gifts for them. And then we went to Taipei, and as you know, James Hudson Taylor IV and his family, Mimi and and the kids... She bought gifts for them. And then for the pastor and his wife at the Taipei Fellowship Presbyterian Church, which we never knew, she bought these special T-shirts that were from here and kind of so they would remind them of us. And then she went to Grimaldi's. I've already got all the women's attention. 
And she brought those chocolate-covered potato chips. How many know what they are? <laughs> Hallelujah. You'll never hear a thing the rest of the thing I say the rest of the week, day, whatever. So they were the dark chocolate, you know, healthy ones, healthy ones, healthy ones. And so she brought those gifts to them, and they were so excited. They got all these gifts out. We carried them all over there and gave them to them, and it was excited. Wouldn't you know, as soon as that happened, over the next few days everywhere, here came gifts back to us. You can't outgive them. All kinds of things happened in Singapore. Then we got to Taipei. The first thing we noticed one morning, here's T-shirts for us. Taiwan. So we came back with actually as much as we took over. That's the way they are. Generous, generous givers. And then we learned one other thing many years ago. If you go shopping with any of the Asian people, and I learned this the hard way, Shopping one day with them and I said, man, that's really a neat shirt. Too expensive, can't afford it, forget it. Well, the next morning, as I came down from the hotel, guess what they had? The shirt. So here's what we've learned over the last 20 years. When we go shopping with them, we say this. No, no, no. They say, do you like that? No, I don't like that. We never say nothing good. And we've killed their joy, actually. But they just love to give. Well, my wife made a mistake this time. She kind of forgot it. It was off the cuff. We were in the Presbyterian church where I taught last weekend. And they have about 3,000 people. So we were going there the day before during a, a seminar. They were giving a six-hour seminar that we were giving on how to become a video campus. We had about a hundred of their people. The leaders there it was fantastic. Well, she went by this picture on a wall. And she said, as we were visiting all the Sunday school rooms and stuff, wow, what a great picture. And as we looked closer, it was a puzzle of Noah and the ark. It was fantastic. Here it is. Now, here's the problem. 2,000 pieces. Would you pray for our marriage? It's going to be tough. Now, how did we get that? The assistant pastor heard my wife say it. And after she said it, I said to her, you shouldn't have said that. Sure enough, there it is. They say, Pastor Mark, what in the world is all that about? Well, it's about this. You see, Paul talks about the joy and the benefits of sharing ourselves and our possessions with others. The very same thing that happens in Asia. Now, you've turned to Philippians chapter 4. If you would, look down at verse 13. And let's talk about this principle that we learned And then we'll move through this chapter. Paul says this. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. That's a huge principle. Paul basically says this. And if you weren't here when we went through this, I'd encourage you to write this down this morning. We have to learn to be contented because we can do all things. Why? Why? Because God empowers us. 
We don't have to be anxious. We don't have to be discontented as we follow Christ. Whenever God calls us to do something, he empowers us to do something. You see, even myself, last Saturday, a week ago, as I was there, I was doing the first ever seminar to a huge church on how to become a video campus. Well, there's parts of it that I obviously know, since we have four of them, that's not difficult. But there's parts when we came to the, well, the IT department that are way over my head. So what happened? I wasn't anxious about it because I knew Chris, our IT director, who happened to be vacationing in Singapore, came online. And Chris and their IT guy were talking to the whole group in Taiwan. Isn't that amazing? Live. And they were explaining all the things that those of us that were pastors went, it's right over our head. I know all the nuts and bolts and how to do it, but when you come to IT, I don't. So I wasn't anxious because God opened the door and he would provide the individual people that would be neat. It was neat during the teaching. Their IT guy was uh, really sharp, but this was new to him. And during one of the breaks, I met another young man, and he says, I'm from, actually, uh, uh, Gainesville. I came over, had my study in Gainesville. I'm back in Taiwan and in Taipei, come to this church. Well, he's the guy that actually stepped up on the spot to interview and to explain to all of us what Chris was trying to say in their language. So he wasn't even on the agenda. See, God provides. You don't have to be anxious. Just relax. When he calls us to do something in your life, when he calls you to do it, he'll provide. But here's the question. Is Paul saying, because Christ provides everything I need, is Paul saying we don't need people in our lives? You know, if you read that verse... You can almost get that idea. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. That does not mean we don't need people. And you have to see that principle. Paul isn't saying I don't need people. And I'll show you the connection. How do I know that I need people? Well, look at verse 14. Paul says, yet... In spite of God being able to provide everything I need, yet it was good of you, people, church at Philippi, to share in my troubles. Now let me remind you, look at me, Paul is in prison. He started the church in Philippi. He has been in contact with them. They are responding to his needs. So he just says, it was good of you, people in Philippi, the church at Philippi, for you to share in my troubles. Now that word troubles in the original language is this word, in my difficulties, in my needs. Paul shares that he had needs. By the way, is there anybody here this morning that has a need? Could I see your hand? Put your hand up. Say, Pastor Mark, I don't have any need. By Friday, you will. Am I right? See, we all have needs. So Paul is sharing that this principle that you want to write down today. All people have needs. Financial, emotional, and spiritual. That's just the way it is. And as you understand that, Paul says it's good that you share. That's a different word. 
in the original language, it means fellowship. To share together with. Sharing with other people to meet their needs. So, notice Paul says, it was good of you, people, to share in my troubles. Well, what does he really mean? Here's a principle you need to understand. It's huge. Write it down, and we're going to dissect it this morning. God often supplies our needs through other people. Well, Pastor Mark, where's God then? Well, you'll get there. Just relax. Paul did rely on Christ to provide and sustain him. Because ultimately, God is our source. Remember, Paul says, I can do everything through him. Doesn't even mention people who gives me strength. But Paul teaches us and writes to the Philippians that their sharing, human sharing, their generous giving was very much appreciated because it was that which met his need. They gave, basically financially through Epaphroditus, to meet his need. Now, how did that happen? How did that need get met? Here it is. It happens through prayer. Through prayer. And I want you to watch this this morning because this is huge. How are your needs, how are my needs going to be met? Here's a clue from God's word. You have not because you ask not. You have not because you pray not. Here's Paul. Paul would have prayed to God about his need. You'll see later Paul says this. I didn't go ask the church for money. You'll see that that's a pretty common thing that happens today. Christian television, they're always begging you for something. Paul, when he had a need, he went to God. That's a good thing to do. Amen? So Paul prays to God. What? Paul prays to God. So what does God do? Over here is a church. It's a group of people just like you. So God begins to speak to these people. Paul's got a need. Maybe they heard through the grapevine that he had a need. But God makes sure that these people in the church of Philippi, you guys be the church of Philippi, they hear about the need. So they're sensitive to God. So Paul prays to God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God speaks to these people. They become sensitive. They respond to the need and they give to Paul. And what do we have? A perfect triangle. We had God involved, and we had what else involved? People. See, God often supplies our needs through other people. Now, he can do it direct. He can just come right down and do it direct. How many today, if you have a financial need, would like God just to open the windows of heaven and just provide for you money right now? Well, don't just raise one hand. Let's just, let's just raise two hands. Praise God, it's fallen off the tree. Can you imagine if that hit the Today newspaper? We wouldn't have any room in this place. Everybody come in. Where's the place where you can just hold your hands out? Now, God can do that supernaturally. He can heal us supernaturally with nobody touching us, nobody even praying for us. He just does it. But very often, he says in the book of James, call for the elders of the church that will anoint you with prayer. So see, God often uses people to meet 
our needs. Now, that's what happened. That's how Paul's need got met. So there's two key words that I want you to say this morning. And then I want you to repeat them to your neighbor. Others. Good. And sharing. Sharing. So to your neighbor, say, this is what today's all about. Tell them the two words right now. Turn to your neighbor. So when you leave the building this morning, you can't go like, what was that all about? Others and let me hear it. Good. Now, Paul gives us a little history. Turn to verse 15. Moreover, as you know, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when things got started on the mission trips, when I set out from Macedonia, now watch this. Not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. Interesting, Paul shares this key. Write it down. Paul knew this principle. Some people are givers, and other people are takers. Now, we're all both of those. But some people major in giving and some people simply major in taking. So Paul says in the early days of his missionary trips, he had started many churches. He would go to an area, get a home group, start a church, appoint elders, teach them, move on to another city. And then on one of his mission trips later, years later, he'd come back and minister to them. So all over that area of the world, there were so many churches thousands of people that, well, Paul influenced, poured into, gave, started the churches, shared himself, gift. During almost all of those times, Paul never received anything from them. He would work as a tent maker. And so he would work morning and night. His days were hugely long because he gave. But now Paul was in prison. He couldn't work. And he had financial needs. So what does he do? All of these people who had helped him, who had been part of him, who he poured his life, church after church after church after church, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people. Notice what he says in that verse. Not one church. None of those thousands of people gave to me. See, either they had forgotten about Paul or simply cared about their own needs. And that brings up a term that you need to think about. All of these people were self-centered, not others-centered. We don't know why, whether they either forgot about Paul, didn't have the money, or just simply cared for their own needs. But there was one church that wasn't self-centered. What church was it? The church at Philippi. They were other-centered. So most of the churches were takers, not givers, except for the church at Philippi. Why would Paul mention that? That's a pretty interesting thing. You'll see in a moment why that is. This is not the only time in the Bible we see this. You see, by nature, when I'm born, by nature, I'm self-centered. I'm selfish. 
When God comes into our life, he wants us to be other-centered. Jesus is a perfect example of that. Now, Jesus not, not only was a role model, but he gave us a great picture in a parable. It's the Good Samaritan. Would you just turn with me? Keep your finger there because we'll be right back. Turn to me to Luke chapter 10. Jesus loved parables because they had practical illustrations. And this particular parable represents the culture and geography of Jesus' day. A lot of Jewish priests who served in the temple in Jerusalem, they lived in Jericho. From Jericho to Jerusalem, getting there, they'd have to walk this road called the Ascent of Blood. It was a horrible road because there was frequent robberies on a winding path. You never knew what in the world was going to happen. Well, look at verse 30. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. And they stripped him of his clothes, and they beat him, and they went away, leaving him half dead. Verse 31, kind of like a CSI, we're getting ready here. Verse 31, a priest, a Jewish priest, happened to be going down the same road. And when he noticed, when he saw the man, he crossed the road to the other side. So he saw the need. Didn't do anything about it. Well, so too, verse 32, a Levite, another Jewish leader. When he came to the place and saw him, he too passed to the other side. But a Samaritan, people that were hated, half Jew, half Gentile. As he traveled, he came to where the man was. And when he saw him, here's the difference. He took pity on him. He had compassion on him. He went to him, he bandaged his wounds, pouring oil on wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn, took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, and when I return, if this isn't enough, I'll take care of the extra expense you might have. Then Jesus says this, all right, there's a story. Let's see how the application is. You see, anytime we teach, there has to be application. So here's the application. Jesus says, Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? Let me just say it another way. Which of these three do you think was others-centered? And the expert of the law replied, Well, the one, couldn't even say the word Samaritan, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus responded, you got it right. Nice lesson. See ya. No, he said you got it right. But he said, here's the application. You see, when you come to a teaching by whatever pastor, you're not here for head knowledge. You're here. I'm here for practical application. So Jesus said, absolutely. Absolutely. Now go and do Likewise. Today, you were reminded of the well-known verse that you can do all things through Him who strengthens you. Pastor Mark made sure to inform you that this is not a universal verse for every person. You must be a Christ follower for this promise to apply to you. The importance of prayer was emphasized. You need to be in prayer always, asking God to supply all of your needs. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, The Joy of Sharing Ourselves with Others. He will talk about the two characteristics every person has, giving and taking. He'll tell you about your innate instinct to take and how it's possible to become a giver through the power of God. You'll be told about the importance God places on giving and how it can enrich your life in many ways. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Contagious Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Let us hear your lessons.